The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Welcome, folks, to The Print Files, the podcast from Print21. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Wayne Robinson, the editor of Print21 and the host of this show. Wayne, over to you. Uh, thanks, Grant, and good day, everyone, and welcome to the next episode in the Print Files series, Leading in Print, where we talk to the people leading progressive print businesses to understand what makes them tick, how they make the decisions they do, how they carry their way to responsibility, and navigate a changing business landscape hopefully providing insight and inspiration for print business owners and managers around the country. I'm delighted this week to welcome Tom Eckersley, Managing Director of the Eckersley Print Group, one of the leading and largest print operations in Queensland. Tom has been in print virtually his entire adult life, joining more than 30 years ago. Since then, the company has carved out a reputation as a quality operation. Today, it produces commercial print, sign, display, it offers print management, warehousing, logistics and design, and more. Over the years, Tom has also added several acquisitions to the business. In addition to leading Eckersley Print Group, Tom is a board member of Employers Group Print and Visual Communication Association and has long been looked to for his, by his peers for leadership. He's also a director of his local industry and tourism board. Tom, welcome to the Print21 podcast. Thank you, Wayne and Grant. It's lovely to be here. Um, Tom, maybe we can start with your early days. Um, you, you joined the Eckersley Group 30 years ago. Uh, was this straight from school and uni, or had you worked anywhere else first? And what made you decide you wanted a career in print? Well, Wayne, like many print businesses uh, back in that era, uh, ours was a family business and uh, originally uh, started by my father in 1971. So we're actually celebrating our 50th year of, uh, of print <laughs> business activity this year. So thank you. And um, it being a family business, it was something that we grew up with as, uh, as children. I have four other siblings and... Um, we were all involved in the in the business as young children. Uh, I remember going in as a you know as a ten year old and helping uh, out in uh, in the print shop. Um, I remember you know visiting in the seventy four floods and the seventy six floods and entering the printing uh, factory through through a window in a boat, which wasn't uh, ideal, <laughs> but. Uh, that's, uh, that's how it went. So I think as we progressed through school, um, the boys tended to drift towards the business and uh, both my sisters went and did uh, immediate uh, further studies at university and uh, myself and my two brothers all uh, decided to take up uh, apprenticeships within the, the printing business and uh, to go and help uh, dad at the time as we, uh, as we referred to him. Yeah, terrific. And so you talk about apprenticeships there. Uh, what's your approach to education? How valuable do you see it today for yourself and for members of your staff? Incredibly important, uh, Wayne. I think uh, throughout that whole journey of my working life, we started, uh, and in a way, it was good to start with a trade um, uh in the trade environment and we started my brother and I one of my brothers and I as printers and uh, my, my third brother as a graphic repo uh, so we had a bit of cross diversification there but uh, throughout that then we took on different um, studies post our our trade years uh, I went on to do a diploma of business management and um, take on some management studies in that space and in 1995 then I 
also joined uh, an organisation called the Executive Connection, which is a worldwide organisation of business owners and leaders. And it's been a framework that I've really subscribed to uh, over the years and have been a long-term member of the Executive Connection. And uh, we meet once a month in that space with other business owners, typically in non-competing industries, but it brings together then a whole diversification of skills uh, of different business owners that's professionally chaired by uh, a chair and uh, we bring together different ideas and aspects of our business planning and learning and uh, I found that a great environment to to learn over the years. So it's been very fundamental and particularly something that's a family business. Otherwise, you know, we tend to talk about uh, the business at Within the business, we talk about it at home, we talk about it over the barbecue, and uh, it's the uh, the same family talking. So bringing in different ideas and different um, methodologies has been a very important aspect of that learning environment over the years. Yeah, so for 25 years, you've been going every month, more or less, to the Executive Connection, taking part in it, receiving, well, I guess it's networking, sharing different businesses' experience. And I guess, do you receive... Uh, teaching and guidance uh, in that setting. Absolutely, you t- you, you receive teaching and guidance from the other, uh, from your peers uh, within that group. Um, you also meet uh, in a one-on-one environment um, with the chair uh, once a month, and uh, within that space, you identify different aspects of your own working, personal development that you want to uh, develop and work on and um, you you take those matters on board and you can take them back to the group and talk to the group and talk to your peers about those and so it's a very um, practical way of, uh, of learning in that space. And do you find as you talk to your peers in non-competing, non-print environments, whatever fields they're in, retail, IT, whatever, are the dynamics and the issues that they're facing similar more or less to yours? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, uh, a big part of running any business comes back to people management, uh, interacting with people, uh, whether that's staff, whether that's clients, uh, whether that's suppliers. Um, So, it's about the interaction uh, with those people, how you make that as effective as possible, what techniques you draw upon to make that as effective as possible. And I think then in operational context, whether you're in print or whether you're in some sort of construction business, it doesn't really matter. The fundamentals of business are so aligned in practicality of purpose and systems that um, the, the comparisons within those can often be drawn so closely together. Yeah, so presumably it's something that you'd encourage all print business leaders to get involved in, some kind of group like the Executive Connection. Look, I found it myself uh, very fruitful and very uh, has impacted significantly uh, my learning. And, uh, you know, we sort of worked on a concept of observe a lot, retain a little, and that has uh, has provided a, a solid platform for us to go forward on. Okay, terrific. So your career at Eckersley Print Group, was it always intended that you would become managing director or was that uh, something that developed over the years? Now, look, it was something that developed over the years. I think uh, I'm the oldest of the of the boys in the family, and that doesn't necessarily mandate um, that I would become the MD of the business. But I think that's just the way that it uh, it evolved over a period of time. 
one of my brothers has uh, is of ill health and hasn't been working in the business for 20 odd years so it's my younger brother now and myself that uh, run and operate and lead the team and um so that just evolved and we fell into what really was our uh, core calling and for me that was leading the business for my brother he is my operations manager and he runs and leads our operations team and he does a fantastic uh, job in that space so we complement each other in that regard and we bring together different um, styles and different views to the table and uh, subsequently I think uh, by working together in that regard we're, we're stronger for it. Yeah, because it can be lonely at the top. Um, but if you have a, uh, a a brother ideal, you can really share the load, I guess, can't you? It can be lonely at the top. And I think even just lonely is one way of describing it, but just even for thoroughness of thought process and somebody that you can sound ideas off against and get honest, fair and solid critique on um, is something that's very important too. And uh, I think that building a relationship with a partner, whether it's your brother or whether it's a, an associate or a friend or a consultant, it doesn't really matter. But it's very important that um, that, that person or that group of people are there. And um, in that space, um, Luke, my brother, and I have worked very closely together over many years. And as all brothers do, we've had our moments, but um, um, we have mechanisms in place to deal with those um, so that we can um, work through any issue. And uh, I'm pretty confident that we can do that. We've um, we've been tested on many fronts um, with different challenges that the industry has thrown at us. I mean, I guess what you're saying is you don't want a yes man to be your sounding board and your brother or, your, or a paid associate wouldn't be that. But definitely not. We don't want our yes man to be the sounding board. And I think that's the same situation that you would uh, I've looked to find if I took an issue to a tech group or to um, that environment. I would want that challenged. Uh, I'd want somebody to uh, unpick it, to look at it and to, um, to present or take different views and different ideas on that so that uh, arguably we come up then with the best way to go forward. Yeah, the idea stands on its own merits. Um, Eckersley Print Group has grown consistently under your leadership, Tom, which hasn't been the case for all print businesses. Um, what would you say are the reasons for the growth of the company over the years, the consistent growth? Well, look, we've definitely had our moments um, over the years. We started, as I said, in 1971. And uh, in 1991, um, my father uh, exited the business um, after some financial fraudulent activity that was conducted by a then business manager that we had within the business. And so we took the reins. Um, we bought the, the remnants of the business, took the reins of the business over in 1991, uh, far uh, well and truly behind the eight ball as a result of that activity. And um, we then subsequently have been active uh, participants um, in the printing industry. And I think the key to that is just being able to be nimble and to be open to new ideas. We went to Drupa in 2000. It was deemed the digital Drupa. Um, and at that point in time, we realised the changes that were forthcoming in the, in the industry. And but shortly after that, um, we made an acquisition of a digital business um, and started to incorporate that into the mix of activity that we were doing. 
and uh, that has proven then to be a successful strategy for us post that. In 2004, again, I went away to the 2004 Drooper and at that point in time met a number of the Salmat management team that were over there and we were just met at the show and on their return, they didn't express anything at the time, but on their return, they looked up our business and came and had a chat with us and subsequently bought uh, the digital division that I had set up uh, in Brisbane. And part, so we sold part of our business at that time then to the Selmat Group. And um, as a result of that, I went and worked for Selmat um, for a then two-year contracted period, period. And my brother ran our traditional uh, offset component of the business. Uh, that two years for me turned into five years. Uh, they asked me to stay on after the initial two years, and I, which I did, and I really enjoyed my time at Selmat. And they were at uh, in acquisition mode at the time, and they were building and growing. And they asked me to uh, lead that uh, digital arm of theirs, and so it was a great experience in that environment to be buying and acquiring other businesses in that Selmat arena. And I learnt a lot through that process and subsequently when I came back um, after leaving Selmat in 2010 and came back to my own business, I took some of that on board and uh, have subsequently made uh, an additional five um, business acquisitions since then and bolted those on to our uh, business and aptly then named that Eckersley Print Group now in recognition of those additional businesses added into the fold. Yes, uh, I was going to come on to your acquisition strategy because it has been a key part of the Accuracy Print Group's approach over the last decade particularly. Acquisitions and mergers, as we all know, it's a bit of a minefield. And what looks good on paper, what looks good in theory, can all too often go or prove difficult to uh, to build into one cohesive unit post-acquisition. What's your strategy for bringing in these companies successfully and making them a successful part of the group without suffering some of the fallout that we've seen elsewhere? You're quite correct, Wayne. Acquisitions can be a very tricky environment. And I think oftentimes when you look at it in the boardroom, uh, the concept of one plus one equaling three often uh, is considered uh, something that's easily an, e- an easy outcome. That's not the case in practicality. And there are so many things that can go wrong. And I think in that journey... <laughs> Over those years, we've had some that have gone sensationally well and some that have not gone so well. A big part of it is the people. It's bringing together the cultures. Oftentimes, businesses are set up uh, and they're run in obviously with different owners and different managers and the culture within those businesses can be quite different. If that's not harnessed and brought together succinctly very early on in the piece, um, it can be very problematic and uh, create great issues um, going forward. So, you know, on the surface, it can look simplistic and be highly complementary. In practicality, it, it's not. And oftentimes, you know, the biggest issue is is bringing those different cultures together and making sure that they work in a fashion that is is strengthening the group rather than fracturing the group. Tom, you. Um I've uh, had a long career uh, at the top now. What values would you say that you use to underpin your leadership and, and decision-making? Uh, I know your school, Paddo College, has clear values, joy, courtesy, humility, and peace. Have you brought those forward uh, since you've left school? 
Sure, and I think even before my schooling years, uh, my father's original business was called Genoc Press. Uh, Genoc is an English word uh, that means honest, fair and straightforward, and I think that sort of underpinned the business activity that we first took on. Adding to that value of, of honesty, fairness and straight being straightforward, we have a very much a value of uh, doing what it takes and uh, that is something that we embrace within the whole team and everybody is aware of that and, it, and participates on that value. Um, and thirdly, uh, one of the key things that we live by is performing better tomorrow than we have today. And that's taking that Kazon um, type approach to our life and to what we do and always believing that we can improve things. And if you embrace that into what you do and what you think, uh, then there is always opportunity to do and take on a better environment tomorrow than you have today. Yeah, they're really the key, the, the key values that drive us. And do you have any uh, measurement or monitoring of that in place? Do you, do you look back over a year or over five years or over last week and say to, to you, to yourself, to your leadership team, to your staff, how do we compare? Yeah, look, I think for us, um, we run on a basis of having written goals and we do that uh, as an exercise on a yearly basis. So um, myself personally, I, I do a little exercise every February where we, um, this was originally instigated through the framework of, um, of tech. Uh, every February we would do an exercise and we have a, um, a retreat. The objective of that is to set out your personal goals, which then um, fundamentally are identified and tabled before you um, work through your business goals, um, keeping that sort of order in check. Otherwise, you sort of can tend to lose perspective of life. So uh, we do that and uh, each of those goals uh, are measured by um, a performance indicator and we work through that. Um, from that point of view, then we report back to the team. Uh, we have a monthly um, lunch at work. It's just a get-together. We had one this week, in fact. Um, this week was um, just a big rooster lunch or whatever, and we get everyone together and have a bit of a feed and, uh, and a yak, and uh, through that we talk about how the business is performing, um, what some of the key metrics are, and we report back on that to the team so that they're aware uh, how we're travelling to those key metrics. Are we on track? And that's monitored uh, monthly in that regard. So it's, so it's very deliberate then within Eckersley Print Group. You, de you have deliberate days, deliberate times where you deliberately look at how the leadership team is going. Absolutely. I think it's important then to communicate that back to the team. If they don't know what we're trying to do and they don't know how we're going in the journey of trying to do what we're wanting to do, then it becomes a very clouded and tricky environment to navigate through. So, yeah, the team are quite clear uh, of an understanding, have a clear understanding of what we're trying to do and the metrics by which we're measuring it. And, uh, yes, we feed that back to the team on a monthly basis. And in your own personal leadership, we talked about that a little bit earlier, uh, it, it's a, it, that's also a deliberate planned uh, journey as well, isn't it? It's not just an organic thing that happens as you go along. You uh, external group provides milestones and staging posts for you along the way. 
Well, yeah, I think that's they just provide a, a forum for us to get together to do that. It's really something you've got to do yourself and uh, everybody has their own way of doing it and some ways work for, for some and some ways work for others. Um, but I think it's clear in whatever, in whatever way you do it, you must have some personal uh, direction and some personal uh, outcomes that you want to achieve. And I find that if you if you nominate what they are, then you've got a better chance of, of achieving them. And um, for me, that cascades into what I call a life calendar, and uh, which is a pretty simple spreadsheet, really. And um, it just marks the years that I uh, where I'm at, and uh, I'm at. Uh, 56th year of my life at the moment, so um, I've, I've marked out, um, you know, what's happening uh, year on year, and just that, that just nominates major events and major major things and major milestones in my life that I want to uh, achieve, or different holidays I want to take, or different places I want to go, or different things I, I, I want to I want to do. So it helps me to focus on what they are, and um, and helps me to work towards those. So. Well, that's what they say, isn't it? If you don't have a goal, you can't score a goal. Is there anyone, Tom, that you uh, seek inspiration from or look to for inspiration? Any, any people that you kind of, either someone you know or someone you don't know who, who inspires you? I think I've been fortunate enough to have different mentors throughout my uh, working life and my, my life. The first uh, gentleman that came into that space was a gentleman by the name of Laurie Smith, and uh, he was an ex production manager, general manager of Golden Circle Cannery here in Queensland and um, a long-term friend of the families. Um, Laurie would now be um, in his 90s, I suppose, and um, but uh, he was a, um, a very strong guiding hand um, in business activity, business thinking, business planning, and um, he consulted to us um, at a very early on very early, early stage in my working management life and I have subsequently always had somebody in that space. Um, sometimes that's been the chair of my tech group and mostly that has been the case and uh, since Laurie's initial input and um, I've found that very valuable. So that person tends to work with me and challenge me and challenge what I say I'm going to do and helps me to keep aligned in that space. So for me, that's worked well. Uh, you're also a director of PVCA, Print and Visual Communications Association, the main employers association for the print industry. And uh, what are you aiming to achieve there, Tom? Well, look, our industry has been, uh, it's a very big industry and has been for, for many years in the Australian economy. Um, and the industry, by definition, is growing all of the time as far as different aspects. So um, through the digital era, uh, different communication channels, um, all of those that are now encompassed within what we previously referred to as the printing industry, hence the name that we changed uh, recently and incorporated uh, print and visual communications, embracing that broader and recognising that broader uh, spread of activities within our industry. So it's a very vast industry, and but it, like many others, has gone through incredible change and is going through incredible change. And uh, technology is one of the key drivers of that change. So things that were done with the technology that's available today took lots 
more manpower in yesteryear and yesterdecade. And uh, so there's rapid change, rapid, uh, it's highly capitalised industry. And all of that uh, brings about um, lots of different um, elements that have occurred. And I think it needs, the industry needs uh, forms of leadership in that space to help it navigate through that environment. And uh, we've been lacking that in a way uh, um, over many years because the industry has been um, so diversified and, and the change has been so rapid. Um, you know, I look back at it in that space and I reflected just earlier on and said that in 2000 it was called the Digital Drupa. Um, that's really only 21 years ago. And um, to think of the change that's occurred in that space uh in the context of, of the last 50 or 100 years is, is really quite incredible. And uh, there are trades now that, um, that aren't in existence that were mainstream 20 years ago. Um, there's equipment that's not, not in existence anymore and, and in such a short period of time in relative terms. So uh, an industry like that needs uh, to help needs to coordinate and have leadership in it to help it navigate through that environment. And that's what I hope to contribute to in that space in my involvement with uh, print and visual communications. So, you know, ultimately my, um, my goal there would be to have something that is, you know, one industry, one voice, and um, to really um, be able to expand upon the virtues of our industry and to make sure the broader community know uh, the great things that we do as an industry where we're vital we're, we're an incredibly important and vital component of uh, the community of education packaging day-to-day um, -day functioning communication at every level it's we, we are just such an important part of the community's activities and um, we need to advocate for that, we need to communicate that and we need to help the businesses navigate through that rapid change and so that's what I'm hoping to contribute to in some way, shape or form in that, in that role. Well, it's great to see you on the board there, Tom. And um, one of the things that many industries and in print is the same are trying to do is to attract young people to the industry, uh, to raise up new young leaders. Um, you've been a leader in print now for thirty years. Um, what what would be the main lessons in le in print leadership that you'd like to pass on to the younger generation of emerging leaders? I think it's back yourself. Try anything, uh, but do it a hundred percent. I think sometimes. Um, we hesitate because we're unsure. But I think in that working capacity, I, I would really encourage young people to back themselves and whatever they venture to do, to do it with 100% uh, effort and energy and input. And if they do that, then it's quite amazing. You sort of start by doing what's necessary. Um, you end up then doing what's possible. And then all of a sudden, you're doing the impossible. And that's... Um, really uh, um, the challenge for young people is to grab it with both hands and take it on. Okay, oh, that's great advice, great advice. And um, finally, Tom, uh, leadership can take a toll. How do you achieve some balance in life? Are you, are you able to relax at weekends? How do you do that? 
Yeah, no, look, I have no problem at all, Wayne, in relaxing on a weekend uh, <laughs> okay, good. or moving between or transitioning between one or another. And I think part of the, the trick of that is is that if you um, – I try in a way to um, not distinguish such a great difference between um, work and life outside of work and then it's not such a big transition. But um, when I'm not uh, in – the mix of a printing company, um, I have great enjoyment with my family, my kids' sport, and uh, I'm an avid cyclist um, myself and spend a lot of time on my push bike where and when I can. Um, so there's never a shortage of things to occupy my time um, outside of a, a print environment. And do you, are you the kind of person that is able to, because you seem quite deliberate in many of the things you do, you actually make that time because often many printly or many leaders find themselves just on the phone, on the email, making decisions in the business almost seven days a week, but you're, you're able to, to not be like that. No, well, look, I think um, there's challenges in any calendar and it's a matter of choice of where you choose to spend your time in that regard. So I think, uh, um, you know, I... I ride a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning and a Sunday. Uh, so that's just the time I do that and it, you, you, you get in a habit and that's what you do. Um, I coach one of my sons in soccer and that's a set time. And so we, you know, you commit to that and uh, you put it in and it's your choice then to spend that time there. So once that decision's made, it's not that hard to follow. Um, but um, yet there's always a juggle and there's always things to manage um, to make that happen. But I think um, they're the, just the disciplines that you have to do or, or, you'll, or you'll never achieve the time spent in those, in those situations. Okay. Well, Tom, it's been really great talking with you. Uh, you've given us a real insight into your life, into your leadership, uh, into print as you see it, your enthusiasm for it, your deliberate nature of your life and your leadership. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Um, we'll leave it there. Wayne, it's been great talking to you. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'm sure they'll provide insight and inspiration to print business leaders around the country, Australia and New Zealand. That's it for this week's issue of From the Print Files, Leading in Print. Thanks so much to Tom Eckersley, Eckersley Print Group. We'll be back in another time with another issue, another episode. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.